It's season two, y'all, and I am so excited about this season of guests and topics. There are more discoveries, more questions, and the need for more conversations. Always, always appreciate the feedback and love I've received for this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're vibing with your girl, please rate and review for my Apple Podcast listeners. However, I need Spotify to step their game up in that department. In the meantime, my Spotify listeners, feel free to leave reviews via my Instagram page at SheDiscoveredPodcast, or you can also email me at SheDiscoveredPodcast at gmail.com. And last, don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when new episodes drop. All right, let's get it. This Around the Way girl wants to chat with you. She's discovering new information in this world that surrounds her, tapping into her inner power, her sexuality, and taking ownership of her insecurities. She discovered she had to unlearn some things. Come and enjoy her moments of reflection, re-education, redefinition, and evolution. Kick back, sip some wine, take a drive, whatever your vibe. Join me, your host, Shay Sana, with She Discovered Podcast. So stay tuned. You might learn some things. I am very excited for my guest on this episode. We are talking about female authorship, specifically in the lane of self-publishing. Gracing us today, I have Veronica Cameron, founder and CEO of The Cool Reads, a children's book series slash brand catered to children of color. I also have Epiphany Kendall, author of Hood Girls Do It Best, a hood girl's guide to success. Lastly, let's not forget your host, author of Let This Mind Be In You devotional and poetry collective Untold Emotions, both collaborative works. All books discussed today can be found on Amazon. I am so excited to have you beautiful ladies here on this um, episode that we'll be talking about female authorship and self-publishing. I believe amongst three of us, because we all have books right now that are out and have been self-published by us, that we will have plenty of gems, tips, and resources for our listeners. So let's just get started. Epiphany, tell us a little bit about yourself and the book. I'm 32. Mm-hmm. I'm a Sagittarius. I have long, <laughs> long walks through the city. Nah, um, so I published this book at 25. I was 25. I wrote it 23, maybe 24 is when I started it. I actually had no idea how it was going to get done. I just remember having this idea like, these young girls from my neighborhood was coming to me, telling me their stories. And I was trying to figure out why the hell they was coming to me. <laughs> but, you know, when they were telling me their stories, I'm like, oh, you know, me too. And they were like, well, what do you mean me too? So I'm like, they're going through these things that they feel like they're alone going through them. I'm going through them. And I'm very vocal about what I go through. Like what you've been what through. I've very, always yeah. been that way. So, so I told my mom, I'm like, listen, if there's young girls who feel like they're going through things alone I need to put out I need to write a book so mm-hmm. I just kept saying it and my mom was like well you keep saying it just get it done 
Right. So I just started writing, not knowing how I was going to do it. And then this guy I call my uncle, he's an author, a self-published author. Okay. And he writes books for black men, and he's very poetic. Oh, great books. And he was like, well, this is what you need to do. And I'm like, oh, is that simple? And he was like, yeah. The hardest part of self-publishing is writing the book. Exactly. Mm. I agree. So that's where that came from. And then I played around with, it was going to be Girls from the Hood Do It Better. Like, you know, and I just... Played around with it, and I'm like, no, hood girls do it better. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the A to Z guide to success. And I said, you know what? Success is not only what people think it is as Correct. far as cars and money. It's like you can be successful at anything. If you've overcome this, you you were a success. Mm-hmm. If you've overcame that, that's a success. So that's basically where that came from. I love that you say that because I remember Lauren Hill watching an interview, mm-hmm. and she said the success is not the Grammys for me. The success is not that my album sold this amount of copies. The success is that I am a I'm living up to the womanhood mm-hmm. that I believe I should be in. Mm-hmm. I think success is being a great mother, yes. a great partner. Yes. So she said like my understanding of what success is is not the same as the no. world. So it's very true. Like yes. the guide that you're giving in this book is not to tell women like we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier um mm-hmm. the coldest winter ever, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like get this cash, get this money, get this <laughs> You know what I mean? Then leave. (laughs) It's like live in your Mm -hmm. identity. Yes. I had to learn that about myself where I was just like, I can't be comfortable living in another person's identity. It has to be my own. So I love that you say that. Mm -hmm. So can you tap a little bit into exactly what is the book about? Yeah. So this was, it's like a memoir of my life basically in guide form. Because I saw how you categorize them yeah 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 so how you categorize them like uh let's say for example the you part right Mm -hmm. you got the drinking and drugs you got the party you got the bullies so it's like like you said it's still in a guide Guide form form. of Mm -hmm. like here's the different topics and let's dive into Into those Mm -hmm. okay there was so much on my mind that i wanted to talk about so i basically took all of my journals i've been journaling since 13 my mother made sure I was and I just went through that your mom made sure what girl she please tell me about that because my Haitian mother was always in my journal <laughs> oh, like, no. what's she doing no, <laughs> no. my mother she's very much a journaler she's a Pisces so they internalize a lot okay and she's always said you don't need I'm the only child so she's like you don't need to be telling everybody because that's where it started from mm. stop telling people your business mm. write it in the journal so it just everything went in there and then as I started to write the book I just went back but on my spiritual journey the woman who guided me on my spiritual journey she told me to throw them out she says you're holding on and it played a big Mm. a big huge part and she's like you're holding on to all of this hurt all of this past everything because I did when I look back everything was so negative I just wrote and she's like get rid of it Mm, you don't okay. want to hold on to that anymore. You wrote the book that you needed to write. Right. Now throw that out and start a new life. It served its purpose. It served its purpose. That's what the guide is. And a lot of girls love it because they're like, I can always go back to this part, reread it, and get you know get the motivation that I need to get over this. As you <laughs> say that, when you say guide, it's mm-hmm. like you were ahead of your time at 23, 24 because you were basically writing the hood self-help book. Girl. <laughs> you know what girl, I mean? I've always been ahead of and that's the problem that I'm having even now at 32. <laughs> okay? Because I'm all the way there but I'm not really there yet. Mm-hmm. So it's like myself is like, girl, get off. 
Let's go, girl. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah, yeah. Go. Are you still back there? It's a teen and that. Bring your So it's a battle. Right. It's a battle. Right. But you're in it. <laughs> yeah. And again, like we said earlier, you're doing the work, right? So that's dope. That's dope. We'll get a little bit more into yeah. it. So Veronica Love, <laughs> let's talk about your book. It's yes. it's also a unique and we're gonna say why it's unique. Cause some people may say that, you know, in the genre of children's books mm-hmm. or even the genre of children's books of color, mm-hmm. you know, there are other authors that are doing it, but there's something specific about yours that still makes it its own unique lane. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that some more. So many different unique things about about my books. One, the characters, right? Mm-hmm. They stand out just because of how authentically black they are and mm-hmm. they're They're just absolutely captivating and beautiful. But one of the main things, especially about the content of the books, is that they are relating the everyday stories and learning experiences of children. You know, when I looked in the market first a couple years ago and I was looking for books for my nephew, I saw a lot of books about affirmation, about like loving your skin, loving Mm. your hair. And those are incredible, right? Absolutely needed because we're seeing the shift in the culture now. But I was thinking more about, you know, He's learning ABCs, one, two, threes. And like, I can't find a lot of books with children of color so that when he's doing his everyday learning, he can feel and see himself in these resources. Mm -hmm. And so these books are unique because they address these everyday learning experiences that are super duper relatable to children of color and all children. Very much. I, and again, I'm, you're going to hear me say that a lot where I'm like, I love that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said that. In the concept of like affirmations and empowering, mm-hmm. you know, children of color, it makes sense because we need more of that. You even Absolutely. have um, a woman I know that you highlighted on the Cool Reads where she mm-hmm. made dolls, black dolls with bonnets. Yes. With a bonnet, yes. you know, and I love that. So we're doing things where our, our children feel more empowered. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel more positivity. But like you said, we kind of, and I don't want to say fail. I won't say the word fail, but in concentrating in that lane, we kind of miss the mark in the other lane that you fell upon. Where We've you're just completely like, missed that mark. You're just like, okay, that's good. Affirmations, mm-hmm. positivity, mm-hmm. but he still or she still needs to learn right. where are the coloring books right yeah. you know right. what I mean where's the learning about my nose my mouth right. where's the learning about numbers and alphabets you know because that's what's happening every day and mm-hmm. like I'll, I'll throw some statistics um, your way I think in 2018 a study was done and the number of books that were written about white children or that had white facing characters was about 50%. The number of books that were written with and about animals was about 27%. And so the remainder, Hmm. right, which is about 23% were the books that were written for and about children of color. So let that sink in a little bit. 27% of books that are written Right. In 2018, which was three years ago, barely, because we just kind of, we got the top part of 2021, 27% (laughs) of books are written about animals. 23% of books are written with children of color in mind. Crazy. It is crazy. Before we tap more into actually the first book that you came out with, Mm -hmm. tell us your story besides with your nephew. Like, what made you want to get into the lane of children's books? Like, go into depth a little bit. Well, since Epiphany came came in strong with that Sagittarius energy, (laughs) 
I am a Jamaican Leo. I'm a, a lover, a sister, a friend, an educator, a math enthusiast. Um, just all things that are lovely and magical. I'm, I'm all about that. And so I started my journey a long time ago, you know, unbeknownst to me, obsessed with reading. My dad, who um, didn't learn to read until he was 15 years old. What do you say? 15. He didn't learn to read until he was 15. Why is that? You don't have to tell too much of that, but why is he that? He grew up in rural Jamaica okay. with his grandparents. And, you know, at that time and at that age, you are tilling the land. Yes. You are taking care of animals. You're taking, you're doing, you're doing labor, manual labor. So there's not a lot of time that you're spending in books. And also schools were not super close. And so, you know, if there's one that's close and you probably walk over there, um, you get what you can get when you can get it. Mm -hmm. He didn't have that access and that experience. And so he spent a long time not learning how to read and write until wow. he was 15 years old. That kind of set the culture in our home. Right. Uh, we had a room called like the study and it was sort of like a mini library and mm -hmm. I, I I mean I'm looking at it right now I feel like I'm in the space yeah and he was just so obsessed with learning I think once he latched on at 15 and learned how to read you could not stop that man it was like a new world it was a new world so mm -hmm. up until the time of his death he was doing two PhDs for fun and he had under his belt a degree in architecture engineering public health um, administration and business and he was learning and new conversational Swahili he was teaching himself Spanish and French so this man was just on fire for education he kind Very of lit so. that fire in my brother and I so I became obsessed with reading and learning so much so that I would get in trouble for reading with a nightlight under my sheets uh -huh. like you know nerd life ow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so reading has been very much a part of my life and my journey for mm -hmm. the longest and I've always enjoyed learning looking back now it's not a big surprise to me but i didn't expect for it to kind of manifest in this way because i didn't have author on a vision board or anything like that you know moving forward i um went on to um i did you know a career in radio did a little bit of modeling i was tutoring while i was doing um my math degree in college, I was tutoring other people so that they could pass. And there was just like a super duper joy that I got from seeing other people understand like mathematics. A lot of people have a hate relationship with that subject. I fell in love with teaching and pedagogy. And so over, over the years, I went on to join Math for America and um, I was a fellow, which led me into the classroom, which led me to be around lots of children of color. And that's where I really heard and saw some things that were so disheartening, which made me kind I want to take a closer look at what is happening in the developmental stages of children's learning right I had a few conversations with them there was a lot of issues around hair around identity around acceptance of self mm -hmm. they would not want to take the bonnets off they would not want to show their own hair. Mm. So I kind of wanted to investigate that a little bit. What's what's the reason? What's going on? My hair is not done. It doesn't look this way. I need to I need to get my hair done. And by hair done, they just meant I need to put a wig on or mm -hmm. I need to get a weave. Just having more conversations with them um, around the, their lunch period. And I found out that a lot of them did not read or um, watch programs with children of color in them not just these wonderful movies that are coming around black history month time or women's month you know like throughout their throughout the learning 
that you're experiencing a lot more than these affirming and well-needed books. Mm-hmm. It just it just was very clear to me that there were so many other resources that did not represent them. Right. And that played a big part in how they saw themselves and what acceptance meant to them at that age and how they grew into their self-esteem and just in general, how they viewed who they are. That kind of rested on my spirit a little bit heavier than I anticipated and I really think that had a lot to do with why I made the decision to create these books because that lack of representation is so significant. Epiphany, with representation, again, talking about um, Hood Girls Do It Better, a Hood Girl's Guide to Success, the representation, like I told you earlier, is that you're giving like a self-help book to the girls in the hood, right? And we said it, we grew up on uh, Sister Soldier's book, um, what Omar was his Tyree. name? Omar Tyree, um, what's the other one? Eric Jerome Dickey. We, we read these books where these hood girls might have had a success story. It may have taken volume three to get to the success <laughs> story. You know what I mean? But there was never a blueprint or an actual roadmap. And I feel like your book actually does that, where you're giving your story, but you're also saying, here's how I overcome, overcame, here's how I'm continuing to do the work, and here's how you can also do it. Do you want to tap a little bit more on why you felt the representation for yourself as well as Hood Girls was important? My mom, greatest mom, she did what she she could do, but I got my advice in life a lot of these lessons from the aunts, my okay. friends, mm-hmm. mom. Mm-hmm. My mom never spoke to me about sex. The one thing she told me, I remember, she said, you don't cry over no guy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one mm-hmm. thing. But what that did to me was turn me into a beast. Mm-hmm. Because I remember being in a relationship with my ex at 19 years old and 20 and him making me cry. And he held on to that. Because I've never showed emotion. Mm-hmm. So that kind of like, I'm like, and that's why even in the book I said, if you need to cry, it's okay. Like, I make sure to let them know. Feel your feelings. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't go busting his car out now because that's right. what I'm not going to do, okay? Gonna right. Some type of, so I said, cool. But the girls that came to me, they were coming to me. Their moms didn't know half the stuff. And even when I went, I did, a, um, the Board of Ed paid me to, do, to go to uh, school in the Bronx. And even speaking to um, the girls there. So for me, it was like, okay, when I'm putting this out there, I need them to know that it's okay to go with your, go through what you're going through. And don't think that if you mess up again, you just messed up. Right. You know, this is mm-hmm. going, you're going to continue to grow and mm-hmm. continue to learn mm-hmm. and continue to be tested with the same thing. What I'm learning here about, I'm glad you're starting from small ages the group that you are because you have to drop them gems early Mm -hmm. there's grown women who come to me who want me to write books for grown women i'm like you don't have it yet no shade when are you gonna really get it Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. then i have women who tell me you know for you to be so young for you to get it at the age you got it and Mm -hmm. i haven't gotten it yet that Mm -hmm. that's amazing so the younger the better yeah yeah seriously the younger that we can get them the i can't really relate talk to young kids because i'm really need to talk to teens but yeah. for those who can communicate with the younger mm-hmm. pre-teens or even younger and instill education and things like yeah. get it done yeah. but let's be let's be honest yeah even when we were growing up 
we could say teens or people in college, but I can remember seeing my first porn magazine when I was five. Five. Because someone brought it to school. Mm. Yeah. You know, they yeah. found it in their parents' yeah. room or whatever. This is when, like, the porn magazines you yeah. were circulating. Yeah. And they brought it. And I remember, like, what is going... Like, what is this? Your mind is Start, trying to... Yes. That, yeah. That yes. communal misguided learning. Yes. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Granted, my mom talked to me about sex from okay. a young age, mm-hmm. maybe around eight or nine. Okay, good. But in my mind, I'm like, there's a lot I already heard from kids from mm-hmm. school. There's a lot I'm already learning from TV shows and, you know, certain movies. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my mom knows this by now that like, you yeah. sneak to watch stuff mm-hmm. that you're not supposed to watch. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, there were times that even I don't know if you guys remember this on um, Dawson's Creek. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I used to watch that religiously and thinking like some of this how can we say malfunction amongst these teenagers are normal mm-hmm. so if I introduce that into my life then I must be going on the right direction yeah. as a teenager because mm-hmm. yeah. it's normalized right yes. yeah. so I love that you said again mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that you said communal because I believe we still need that mentality of it takes a village it does Absolutely. you know what I mean because a I'm healthy thinking, village a healthy informed village. village there we Amen. go and that's what I was going to say because with this book mm-hmm. I believe it's a movement to say you know what with an informed village yeah. right with a healthy village yeah. This is how we started. Yes. Mm-hmm. By being relatable. And by being non-judgmental. And by saying, being honest. By completely. being honest. Completely. You know what I mean? Like, this is where I've been. And like you said, mess-ups are going to happen. Yeah. And sometimes maybe we don't always have to see it as a mess-up. Yeah. But a learning experience. experience. You know? So, in your book, again, like, I'm, I'm opening it up. And you even go into, like you said, honesty, deep topics such as abortions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I even have women that come to me now in my salon, in my studio, and this is another reason why I am placed where I am. With come on, it. ownership. Because they come and we have these um conversations, and sometimes, of course, I'm very open with things, and they're like, girl, so let me tell Like, they've been dying to get something out, and I'm like, oh, my, even at this age? You know what I mean? Like, we're afraid to say how we feel about things and body shamed and is he gonna love me this way and girl we just I'm like okay sis we need to instead of trashing each other because I see yes. that too a lot on social media mm-hmm. whose body is real who's mm-hmm. fake who's mm-hmm. dealing with this open relationships and I'm like mm-hmm. what <laughs> like we're all just trying to figure out ourselves yeah. Yeah. like right. can we just bring it down a little bit yeah. with the judgment is yeah. I'm tired right you know what I mean so mm-hmm. the next book you know I gotta really go in a little yeah. bit because yeah maybe. I think it's the the unraveling of ourselves mm-hmm. and when you mentioned earlier about your mom saying not showing any emotion and mm-hmm. again I think that's a problem in our hood culture mm-hmm. both for men mm-hmm. and women yes let's, let's not even get into the black men, men. not showing okay. emotion let's talk about the women but for the women it's in the sense of like protect your vulnerability girl are you are you in my brain huh are you in my brain (laughs) come on i'm reading a book by brene brown Mm, i I think we spoke about About this this. some time ago and she talks about the power of vulnerability and one of the um chapters and i have to pause that book because it girl i got you i have to pause that book because like a wave of emotions just hit me when she says certain things and one of the things that 
stood out to me today was she said we are so welcoming and we embrace other people's vulnerability but we we shame ourselves yeah heavy on the shame heavy on the guilt but as soon as a girlfriend comes over we're like girl what can i do can i help whatever Mm -hmm. but you turn that back on yourself Mm -hmm. and it's i'm stupid i can't believe i did that with that guy yo i should have known better why did i do that i should you know it's all of these shoulda woulda couldas when we should be embracing ourselves with the same level of vulnerability Mm -hmm. but we're not taught that no no we're taught to hide Mm -hmm. um what that what that uh that line in frozen conceal don't feel Mm. right that's literally how we are raised you said that your mom told you um about men Mm -hmm. don't cry don't cry mm -hmm. my mom told me don't sit on a man's lap yeah that was kind of the extent uh, oh, yeah. of our conversation know what that means yeah. right yeah. right and so like my and, and then i got like the pink book mm-hmm. right <laughs> no mm-hmm. most of us know that pink book yes girl. you know you don't even read that you skip to the page where they show in the body parts because you mm-hmm. just like that's what you want to know <laughs> yeah, right yeah, yeah. um but similar to your experiences i learned about myself through the lens of other people yeah and it's not until now that i'm actually giving myself the permission yeah to delve deep into me the way that Mm -hmm. feels natural and organic to myself because it's just been ingrained for so long that I need to be a certain way. Vulnerability is not acceptable Mm -hmm. and that's just not true. So it's it's something that we have to start teaching um, young women and children very, very early so that we're bringing in the next generation of healed Mm -hmm. black children. Mm -hmm. Would you say... Because you said this book has been circulating epiphany. Would you say that it has even reached the hands of mothers and older women? Oh, absolutely. When I got the, I was called to go to, um, where was that? It'll come to me. Mm -hmm. But I flew out there. And when I was talking to the young women, the mothers after came to me like, listen, Mm -hmm. I know you were here for my daughter, but girl... You were touching mm-hmm, me. This mm-hmm. is the, I've been through this. Like, mm-hmm. like it, they wanted a sister circle. And yeah. I'm like, wow. Okay. You, you kind of, you know, you're doing more than what you, I didn't even expect. Because what you had on your vision board, yeah. and I think we do that a lot. We, or I'll say for myself, mm-hmm. I minimize how far I can go. Yeah. So you just said, oh, I'm going to be an author. Not realizing that you being an author could then be a speaker. Mm -hmm. Like I said, start a movement. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I know for myself, there are certain things that I have on my vision board by limit it to just that. Yeah. Not realizing that God is just like, oh, you you limiting it to Mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. No, boo-boo. I gave you the vision (laughs) to put on the vision board, but I'm about to build it, Mm -hmm. you know, as long as you listen, Mm -hmm. you know? So um, were you going to say something before I... I was going to say before this book, before it came out, I had a conversation with my mom on the train and I was like, listen, you know, the book is coming out because she still hasn't read it till this day. Really? I had to tell her that I was raped and molested on a train before the book even so that it won't be a thing if somebody came to her to Mm. tell her. But I'm the only child and I've always been vocal and my mom always taught me how you know say what's on your mind but Mm -hmm. at the same time there was this thing say it but don't say Mm -hmm. don't Mm -hmm. tell your business don't tell your business Mm -hmm. so I'm like she's like why couldn't you come to me I'm like because you make it easy to come to you but at the same time you judge Mm -hmm. okay so like that that's one thing I don't want and when I'm talking to the girls and or other women I'm like girl this is a judge free zone like come in like when they come in to get their brows and their facials let loose girl right seriously I'm here how are we gonna do this yeah how you wanna um get out this situation or you know right. just how we gonna 
But I have a question. What would y'all say? I was just curious. What would you or how would you define a hood girl? Like when you think of a hood girl, like what's the definition that comes to mind? So I have a a hoodie (laughs) that says hood rated. So let me get it before I mess up because I will mess it up. Oh, I want to hear this. Okay. So I haven't put them back on the market yet, but I will. I'm going to show you guys. So it says rated hood. Hood girls do it better. Trendsetter, hustler, respected, ghetto with runway quality. Ooh, I like that. This is a fire hoodie. They in my DMs about these damn things. I just I'm about to hop in your DM in two seconds. I I need this hoodie. Let me show you. Like yesterday. Oh, nah, this is dope. We're just unapologetic. Nah, this we is are trendsetters. This is what we do when I think of the girl from yeah, She's Raw. I, I want it right now. Right. <laughs> she's raw. She's real, you know? And she can be vulnerable at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. She can be. Because mm-hmm. my it's girls, beautiful. I think I'm the only ones out of my friends, and they, they tell me all the time I'm the least emotional because I'm still working through that. I'm going to tell you, listen to something. Once that hoodie is out... Be on the lookout that Shay Sana <laughs> is going to be rocking that hoodie. You know what I mean? Because when I think of um, Hood Girl, mm-hmm. I think about Around the Way Girl. Mm-hmm. I think about LL Cool J's song automatically. Like, mm-hmm. yes, we know Hood stands for the neighborhood yeah. type of girl. But yeah, the Around the Way Girl mm-hmm. with the trendsetter with the bamboo earrings. When I think about Hood Girl, I think about Confident Girl. I mm-hmm. think about No Nonsense Girl. Yeah, I think true. about Ambitious Girl. Mm-hmm. I think about like a visionary girl. Like, you know, your, 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 present, your present circumstance is not like your future. Mm-hmm. And so that part. I, I feel like all of those things like make the hood girl special because she's sometimes discounted and yes. disregarded by society but she has such a strong presence mm-hmm. and such a strong vision for who she is and an understanding of who she is right. and what she's been through and that's that's what makes her so powerful when she right. steps out right P- people think that when they think about the hood guys and like the drug deals or the rappers trying to get out the hood i'm like hello what about the girl like me because i still live in my hood mm-hmm. you know what i mean and when i'm out places people look at me i've met guys for years they're like oh i thought you had both your parents and i thought you lived in a house and i'm like i know i walk past piss every day yeah <laughs> smoking weed mm-hmm. it's just because i carry myself one the way stereotypical. Yeah. Stereo- mm-hmm. and, and, and that and that's really a thing so i'm like yeah. it's tough for a young woman like myself that it has a business in the hood and mm-hmm. still lives in the hood trying to get out the hood it's really tough just carrying the energies and seeing things all around and it's like do i go and move out of my neighborhood where i have to try to run my business, have my books, and then pay all this a million dollars rent, you know? Or do I stay here and build myself until I get out of there? Mm -hmm. This is not easy, okay? You know what I mean? So... I believe the hood girl to be multidimensional. Yes. You know, because yeah. as, as you were mentioning, uh, V, as you were mentioning all those characteristics of being, you know, confident and being a visionary and a hustler, like you said, but I'm also thinking about the hood girl that is broken and misunderstood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And when you, and it's sad to say, but let's be honest uh, about our culture yeah. also. Yeah. To say what our culture is going through is not to demean it, Mm. but to tell its truth and see, like, how can we empower it, right? Mm -hmm. So the thing is, like, within the hood culture, let's be real, 
you're dealing a lot with single parent homes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're dealing a lot with girls that grew up with molestation and had to be Me. quiet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're dealing with girls that sometimes within the school system is not getting educated properly mm-hmm. because yeah, teachers are doing a lot that, you know, because big ups to teachers, yo, like they are undervalued. Girl. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I've met teachers that it's really just a paycheck to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They really don't care They're about But what about the They're girls, too, or, you know, that are, do have the good teachers? Because I've had them. I just didn't want to listen. Mm. I okay. wanted to do what I we, wanted we, to we do. We love y'all just the same. <laughs> <laughs> we got a special place no, in our hearts for y'all because we that, know. <laughs> I was next to the teachers that's all the time. Yeah, we kicked out all the time. We love we, we we actually love on y'all harder. That because part. I felt we love that on y'all I've harder. never had a that teacher part, who yeah. didn't treat me nice. Mm-hmm. You know, I just was in my mood where do you think that came from that's me having to suppress how i feel about things there you know go. what i mean it's right. like if i can't get it out there i'm gonna come here mm-hmm. yeah talk my way out mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's yeah. true that's mm-hmm. true mm-hmm. all right so let's switch mm-hmm. it back let's switch it back to to, to your works to your <laughs> yes. works veronica now continuing the topic of representation mm-hmm. i love mm-hmm. Tell me characters what you in the book <laughs> and i tell you because your first book we have jack's uh mm-hmm. jack mm-hmm. jacks jacks mm-hmm. plays hide and seek right yes y'all can't see this but don't worry i'm gonna yeah. post this stuff look at the little <laughs> texture curls. i love it <laughs> on jack's hair it's not like just like you know when it's kind of like boxy um, no straight. texture boxy yeah. straight nothing like no, we see the I coils. Could see the Jack's coils. got that, that moisturized 4C girl. Okay. okay. I can see the <laughs> coils on Jax's His hair. mama don't play. And the skin tone. Oh, I see his skin tone and automatically I think of mahogany. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So your representation just in making the the characters, although it's a children's book, it's animation. Mm-hmm. These kids look very real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think you told me that some kids or some parents feel like Jax is my son. Yes. Mm-hmm. Some my nephew actually like, said that. He looked at his mom and he's like, wait, is Jax me? You see? Right. I you know what I mean? Yes, she yeah. did. I, I just love it. So tell us more about why was it so important to have this type of rev- uh, representation in your book oh my goodness so going back to just looking at multiple books online and just like being fed up with seeing this like flat complexion flat. Mm-hmm. like everything was so flat there was nothing dynamic about what the characters looked like and i quickly realized that uh, a lot of illustrators do not know how to illustrate people of color right they forget that we got the flush in the cheeks they forget that we have light in our face and that there are some parts that are dark and some parts that are light like we have dimension and there Mm -hmm. are tones and so a lot of the characters that i saw and the portfolios that i saw were void of that and so it took me maybe two to three months before i found this illustrator and the the thing that caught my attention was the texture of the hair I saw it and I was like, wow, he got the curly, the curly coils going. And I didn't even have to like describe what that looks like. And it was like a match made in heaven. So Mm -hmm. I immediately ran into that. But, you know, it's 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 super it's super important because going back to that idea of representation, I think we can all kind of attest to this. The moment that we see someone who looks like us or who has something um, similar to us, we immediately feel a sense of like community. Right. Mm-hmm. We f- 
feel like we're home. Mm-hmm. We feel like I can go up to this girl and be like, sister girl, let me tell you, you know? Right. It, it, it feels very familiar. And I thought that it was super important to create that for children very early. Mm-hmm. And so the very first thing for me was the hair. And then I got to the skin and I realized, okay, this, this is the person who I need to use because they right. understand. They get it. Okay. When I had other conversations with other illustrators, it was... The urgency was not there to represent that. With okay. this person, they were like, I got you. Yeah. And so when, when when someone else understands the importance of what you're doing and you don't have to convince them, that, that's a match made in heaven for me. Explain. Or constantly explain. Right. What's, what's understood should not need to be explained. And so right. that was the direction I went in. And it was it was just super important to have that. Um, and not just represented in one character because we have four. Right. The, the spectrum of tones was important. Mm-hmm. I needed um, from the caramel to the mahogany Mm -hmm. kids to see themselves in our characters one way or the other, whether it was uh, Sage's hair looks just like when my mommy does it. Right. Or Drew got glasses just like just like me. Or Sage Drew got, got Drew got, got locks. And Drew got locks. Uh, <laughs> he does. He does. Drew and his butterscotch skin got locks. Ooh, okay. I love that. Yes. yes. Shout out to the fade. That's yes. what I love. The texture <laughs> with the fade. Because my, my, my God, the fade. Not a lot of people catch that. The what? The Not fade. a lot of people catch that. Jack Jax has a Texture's mean fade. <laughs> so it was super important to just. I love it. It represent the culture in in very small but powerful ways that were like so covert. Mm-hmm. So that kids, when they when they saw it, they would understand this book is made about me for me Mm -hmm. and so because I have such a strong connection to the character I'm going to have a strong connection to what is in the book which makes them even more excited about learning which creates strong readers which creates strong kids with numeracy skills and Mm -hmm. literacy skills that are really really strong which creates our next generation of leaders Mm -hmm. that are going to be taking care of us in hospitals taking care of our taxes you know so it was very important like everything is just kind of connected and tied down to the very small detail of like a fade yeah right but here's the thing though in the midst of educating these children like like you said with everyday learning with this one is about numbers mm-hmm. right and then Callie's day out mm-hmm. you know what I mean and then sage with body parts you know what I mean but you're also doing the affirmation yes, yes. you are you're not saying no. affirmation yes. but you're you doing do- the yes. affirmations yeah. your yes. hair is beautiful yeah yes. your skin is is beautiful mm-hmm. get you a face yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I saw one of the books and correct me which book this is is, is it Callie or Sage one of them had a bonnet on that's Callie listen <laughs> black girls with the bonnets and the head wraps you know, come on you know what's so beautiful mm-hmm. to me parents have sent me pictures of their little girls in bonnets there was even um, a parent who had a sleepover and the three like mini girlfriends you mm-hmm. know they're like, I think they were like four or five years old they all had their cute little bonnets on their yeah. colored pencils they were all coloring the back of Callie's book just like three yeah. little black girls sitting with their bonnets yeah. on coloring a girl in a book Important. that had a bonnet on as Important. well 
it's very important to send that message very early on that like mm-hmm. a bonnet is nothing for you to be ashamed of. Yeah. There's a time and place. Don't let me catch yeah. you. With, don't let me yeah. catch you with that. What? In <laughs> the interview, like, where are you? People are with a scarf Right, right, right. I'm going to the store. Put your earrings yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. time and place. Mm-hmm. Right. But like the, 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 the underlying message is protect your hair. Yes. Your hair is beautiful. Your hair is your crown. Your hair is different. It stretches to the sun. Protect Mm -hmm. your hair. Right. Right. And so I think those lessons are, 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 are very important. Um, not to shame them and not mm-hmm. to make them feel weird about being vulnerable because their hair isn't done or because it doesn't right. look the way that the girl's hair looks on, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But this this is the way that we protect our hair. This is the way that we take care of our hair. Right. And I think that this book or these books do a very good job of weaving in those subtle lessons. Yes. Of course. I hope you've enjoyed part one of Female Authorship. The two women are just amazing in the work they are doing. Tune in to part two where we discuss some of the mechanics in putting your own book together. You don't want to miss the resources and tips. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you've gained some knowledge, insight, and clarity in this moment, creating your own inner discoveries. Tune in again with new episodes released every Tuesday. And most importantly, head over to at She Discovered Podcast on Instagram to interact with me and receive more tips and info relating to all topics discussed. As always, you are appreciated.